Chapter 14 Full Moons 2 The city of Tanjay was well nigh bursting at the seams with exhilaration and why not wasn't that beloved princess who hadn't visited the capital in ever so long arriving that very day having experienced a change of heart and wouldn't every chora citizen word the title rejoice over it for there was no one in the empire who hadn't heard of the princess's manifold charms her exquisite beauty intelligence compassion and numerous sterling qualities not a day went by when someone or the other didn't bring up her name on account of some occasion or the other almost all of tanjay had been in a prore for a while over rumors that kundavai devi might visit the city during the auspicious navaratri festivities and stay at the royal palace confirmation that she would arrive today had raised their expectations to fever pitch and a not inconsiderable crowd had gathered at the city gates and just as an ecstatic ocean raises foamy waves to welcome the full moon so did the sea of people in tanjay raising a resounding overwhelming roar in early expectation of their honored guest and much to their delight their very own lustrous orb a radiant purnachandran did rise In fact the good citizens of the capital were treated to the rare sight of two exquisite countenances blessed with the beauty of a pearly moon at the very same moment The city gates were flung open with a crash as Kundavai Devi and her entourage neared the fort A magnificent royal retinue poured out in full force to welcome the long awaited princess for which the Paduvetariya brothers formed the advance guard and not just them either for a pearl encrusted palanquin inlaid with ivory work followed them the screen shrouding the occupant rustled and moved apart to reveal the sundara madivadanam the charming countenance of the paduvur ilayarani nandini devi kundavai descended from her royal elephant nandini did the same from her palanquin the latter seized her chance at once walking swiftly to the forefront and paying her respects to kundavai The princess smiled slightly, accepting the compliment that was her due. Chora citizens, who now had the heaven-sent opportunity to drink in the famed beauty of these exquisitely lovely women at the same time, nearly lost their heads with enthusiasm. Their delight overflowed the banks of self-imposed propriety. Such was the combined effect the two women had on the general populace. Nature had certainly done her best to endow them richly. Nandini's skin glowed with a golden radiance. Kundavai was the proud possessor of a delicate rose-leaf complexion. The Paduvur queen's face rivaled that of a full moon, almost perfectly round, while the princess's divine countenance was slightly oval, the work of a highly talented celestial sculptor. Nandini's large dark eyes, laced with the faintest rose-red lines, the beautiful Sevvari fluttered like those of an effervescent honeybee kundavai's limpid blue black orbs reached almost to her ears and were as exquisitely shaped as nilotpalam flowers the young queen's pert nose was just a smidge flat fashioned as though of ivory itself the chora princess possessed a sculpted nose full of character rather like a beautiful panneer bud full and soft were nandini's lips red red as though the bearers of sweet nectar while kundavai's own were just a shade thinner rather like the honey bedewed delicate petals of a pomegranate blossom a madulai motte 
The former wore her lustrous hair in an elaborate bun, decorated to resemble a magnificent flower bouquet. The latter had chosen a much more regal style, her luxurious tresses worn high on her head, made to resemble a crown. For was she not the queen of beauty indeed? It could not be said that everyone assembled at this momentous occasion was capable of isolating and appreciating each aspect of these two women their considerable beauty on their various embellishments. But it did not require any extraordinary degree of intelligence to understand that though their style and attire may be markedly different, Rani and Pirati were both exquisite in their own way and were certainly without equal in loveliness. It must be acknowledged that hitherto Nandini had rather fallen short in the eyes of the citizens of Tanjai. They had fostered a vague loathing and dissatisfaction for the young Paruvur queen and all her works. Kundavai Pirati, on the other hand, commanded their allegiance almost akin to a deity. It pleased them beyond all bounds, therefore, that the Ilayarani had put herself to the trouble of arriving at the city gates and welcoming Ilayapirati in person. The vastly uncritical general public may have been lost in appreciation of the royal ladies. The objects of their appreciation, however, were engaged in a charged conversation that resembled shards of jagged lightning smashing into each other. Welcome, Devi. Welcome. Nandini opened her gambit in honeyed tones. Ah, we were lost in grief. Perhaps Ilayapirati had abandoned all thoughts of us. But today, it's clear that your grace and compassion are without equal. But how can that be, my dear Rani? Kundavai's tone matched the young queen's perfectly. Distance does not equate a bad memory, does it? For that matter, you haven't visited Padayare either. But can your error be misconstrued as forgetfulness? Bees are drawn to honeyed flowers, after all. They merely obey their instinct. Beautiful Parayari may command all the visitors she chooses, but Tanjai is a different matter altogether. For who will volunteer to visit an ugly city? But what is this that you say? To call Tanjai Puri ugly? Pray, how can that be? wondered Ilayaprati with well-simulated surprise when it's common knowledge too that the very epitome of beauty lies imprisoned within these very walls. Some such rumour did fall on my ears as well that the Chakravarti had been incarcerated within this fort. The time for all such worry has ended, however. Aren't you, his daughter, here to rescue him from a terrible fate? Lightning flashed and sparked for a moment in Nandini's gleaming eyes. <laughs> Here's a pretty tale. No power on earth can even dare think of locking up the Chakravarti. Not even Indra, lord of the Devas, retorted Kundavai. That wasn't what I meant. I was referring, in fact, to Nandini Devi, the very image of exquisite beauty. Well, you may say so, Devi. And I must ask you to repeat your kind remark in his hearing, for the Lord of Paravur treats me a little better than a prisoner. Now, if you would only intercede on my behalf, and... But what good would my recommendations do, pray? The prison that binds you is no ordinary one but that of love, isn't it? Especially when... Indeed, 
when it's a man getting on in years, there's no escape at all, is there? I've heard of terrible dungeons here. Even those locked into those cells might have a hope of freedom, but in my case, there's no hope of escaping those bars. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, considering that you've chosen these handcuffs and walked into your own prison, incarcerated of your own free will. But then, virtuous women who claimed Sita, Nalini and Savitri as their idols won't even try to bid for freedom. Why, what's that commotion over there? Kundavai peered into the distance. Truth be told, an intense uproar seemed to have erupted amongst a group of women standing a little away from the fortress gates. Kundavai and Nandini approached them, but not even proximity helped to understand the reason for their shrill shouts, as everyone chose to scream at the top of their voices all at once. A few moments passed before any sense could be made of their outcry, and finally their grievance, nay, request, was clear. Having gleaned information that Ilaya Pirati would be present for the Navaratri celebrations, they wished to pay their respects at the palace often and thus wished to have the various restrictions and rules that bound entry into the fort relaxed for this period. Pray speak to your husband and your brother-in-law and kindly make arrangements for granting their request, Rani. Surely there's no reason to fear these defenseless women. The Chora Samrajyam isn't likely to come to any harm at their hands, said Kundavai. After all, haven't the Paravur brothers extended their considerable authority in all four directions right to the seashore? But why stop with the seashore, princess? Nandini's tones were dulcet. Their power and authority extend a far great distance. Why, even beyond the seas? You are certain to receive confirmation of this fact very soon, you know. Her knowing smile almost cleaved Kundavai's heart in two. Her mind spun furiously, trying to divine the meaning of those malicious words. What? What could the witch possibly mean? By this time, Nandini had made a sign to Periya Paravetariyar, conveying the petition submitted by the gathered women and Ilai Pirati's own wishes. Who may gainsay the princess's slightest fancy? Was all that Periya Paravetariyar would vouchsafe. This being the signal for the end of their impromptu meeting, the whole convoy made its way into the fort, accompanied by the lusty cheers of the surrounding crowds. For the next few days, Tanjai and outlying areas were seized by a frisson of endless excitement and delight. Kundabai Devi's visit happened to coincide perfectly with the festival of nine lights and Periya Paravetariyar kept his word. People thronged into the city and exited all hours of the day and night as and when they wished. The fortress gates were thrown wide open. Various festivities, song, dance and theatrical performances were in full swing both within the palace and without, all of which commanded an eager public in large numbers. Two radiant full moons often rose to grace these occasions and the gatherings leapt up in turn, akin to the proverbial ocean's roaring enthusiastic approval. The world outside might be the very epitome of festive cheer, but deep within the hearts of those very same moon goddesses, ah, that was a different matter altogether. There, it was all sound and fury as volcanoes erupted, spewing fire and molten lava, destroying every bit of happiness. 
the Parvur Ilayarani and Padayare Ilayapirati were engaged in constant warfare. Their weapons were sharp, prickly words coated with the poison of hatred and looks calculated to pierce even the hardest armor. In such manner did those exquisitely beautiful women clash endlessly in battle. Sparks flew as sharp swords clashed during these hostilities. Spears, carefully honed to dangerous edges, crashed furiously into each other like raging firestorms. The two shards of jagged lightning cut across each other in the dark night sky, quivering in the aftermath of their blows. Two ferocious tigresses flew at each other, grappling with their bodies and trying to gouge out each other's eyes. Two dangerously beautiful cobras twined around each other, spreading their hoods, flicking their thin, red-forked tongues in a desperate bid to tear into the other. There seemed no end to this curious battle. Both won and lost at different times, experiencing the giddy rapture of a hard-won victory or the sharp, excruciating sting of defeat. One simple soul, however, saw no cause to participate in the outside world's festivities nor try to understand the war raging between these two Chandramadis, two fiercely independent personalities. Vanadi, the Kodumbalur princess, barely found time to even speak a few words with Ilaipirati these days. She tagged along with her elder sister wherever the latter went, it was true, but her attention never lingered on what was happening right under her nose. Instead, she created a magnificent imaginary world for herself and reveled in it night and day.